Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week, we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Throw another log on the fire. Indeed. I'm Tony. I am Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer. Looking to share big adventures (laughs) and and help help you. you. Yeah, help me with some great tips. (laughs) Tricks. And discounts. Do you need help? What's up Well, what's funny is, (laughs) and somebody commented about it. Somebody sent us a message on social media. And they said, every time that song comes on, they listen to our podcast. So, So first of all, thank you so, so much. We appreciate it. And our goal is always to provide you with value. But they listened to our podcast and they said every time they hear that song, it's like stuck in their heads for a week. They don't know us very well, do they? (laughs) So (laughs) song never leaves our heads. Exactly. So the, the inspiration, I'll, I'll, I'll do a little I thought insight. you were just laughing because I was dancing well, to the Well, that was basically, <laughs> yeah, kind of that is why I was laughing. But So here we are, we're recording this, and we can drop in this song. We edit digitally on a computer. Peggy does it. And we can drop the song in, but we also, we record with this device called a Roadcaster. So it has all these adverts and the songs and all that kind of programmed into it. And I push a button. It kind of puts us in the mood, but here we are. <laughs> if we ever get to do live events, you'll see us <laughs> dancing around oh, like a bunch of fools <laughs> to that song and whistling it. So there you go. It's something like, good thing there's not a webcam in here and everybody can watch us. Now you wonder why we don't do YouTube videos. <laughs> There you go. But the reason I chose that song when we set up this podcast is I like the Andy Griffith show and Andy Griffith and Be More Andy Griffith and all of that stuff. And that was sort of the feel we were going for. It's kind of the friendly, casual talk about RVing stuff. Yeah. And that was why I chose that song. Right. It reminds us of the Andy Griffith show, which now will be stuck in my head for the rest of the day. (laughs) (laughs) I take you to the fishing hole. (laughs) Okay. So let's get this party started. Speaking of easy. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I have seen so many people I guess because, you know, it's spring and people are starting to camp again and the posts about how hard it is to make a bed are starting to emerge again. And it is. In some RVs, it's near impossible. Right. It's like, I don't know any RV bed that it's not a challenge in, but the ones in the corner or the ones that are tucked up against the wall, the ones that barely have room to walk around them. Yeah. Those are harder and harder and harder. And Oh, in the bunks. Oh, gosh, yeah. I can't even. (laughs) And so whenever someone asks, how do you survive tucking in corners? I let them know that I don't tuck in corners because we use an RV super bag. Yeah, there's an article on stressless camping, and we'll put a link to that. It's something we found at Quartzsite, gosh, when we first got our camper. It's kind of like a sleeping bag with sheets in it. Yeah, they're Velcroed in, so they're easy to take out and put back in. So it's basically just a double sleeping bag. Yeah. 
And it's got a winter side and a summer side. Right. So a thicker bag and a lighter weight bag. The guy who makes it employs people in this country with a livable wage to build these things right here. I like his philosophy. I think Dennis does a good job. And it's a good product. You know, some of these RVs, you have a dinette that converts. What do you do with the bedding? I mean, that's, right. a, you know, more work. It's a cool thing worth looking at if you're sick of making an RV bed. Right. And for those of you who have a Murphy bed, we have a Murphy bed. That's fine, too. Remember that time we followed our GPS and ended up at the top of a cliff overlooking the campground? <laughs> yeah, I had to back the trailer down a mountain road. Remember the time we went on that twisty, windy road and hit our awning on a tree? Yeah, I do. But now those kinds of things aren't going to happen anymore thanks to RV Trip Wizard. Right. RV Trip Wizard lets you plan your journeys before you go and then use their app on your phone or tablet to safely navigate that journey. You can set parameters such as how far you want to travel in a day, how many miles you can go between fuel stops, and even read reviews of the campgrounds and places you want to go to. It all takes into account the size of your RV and more. Then you can rest assured that your phone isn't going to lead you into trouble. If you have an RV, you need RV Trip Wizard. Check it out on your discounts and deals page on StresslessCamping.com where you can also listen to our interview with RV Trip Wizard and learn about the whole RV life suite. Now, now that's Stressless Camping. We are back with Ed O'Bridgman from EOB Consulting, who does RV destination management and consulting Basically, he can help you make your campground dreams come true. You might remember that we spoke to Ed recently about his RV community homestead, and we wanted to have Ed back and talk to us more about different kinds of RV destinations. Thank you for joining us, Ed. Thank you for having me back. I do appreciate it. I enjoyed our conversation before, and I know I will again today. First of all, you are a strong believer in the Six Sigma process, but for our audience who doesn't know what that is, how about we start with that as a background? I'll try to make it as brief as possible. Back in the 80s, President Ronald Reagan put together the Malcolm Baldrige Award to award American companies that came up with a new solution to exceed the customer's expectations and still obviously be profitable because we have to stay in business. Right. Yeah, yeah, you can't pay the employees when you're not making any money. Exactly. So I'm one of the original five co-authors of Six Sigma. And Six Sigma is a way of changing the way you think so that you exceed the customer's expectations. And in order to do that, you have to be able to anticipate the customer's expectations before they even get an opportunity to realize them themselves. And then do that in such a way that you don't have any inventory or any reducing your waste and increasing your profit margin. People were constantly contacting me and saying, hey, we want to evolve Six Sigma. We want to go further down that path so EOB Consulting was born. And then in 2010, there was this oil spill out in the Gulf. You probably heard about it. It's in all the papers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was a pretty big deal at the time. BP was fined $24 billion, billion with a B. And that has to be spent 
on the Gulf Coast in the tourism area. And I said, you know what? There's a flag right there. I need to pay attention to that. And I need to get in the tourism industry along the Gulf Coast. So I started looking for land and I started researching and understanding what industry is taking off. And the RV industry is a hundred-year-old industry that is growing exponentially in a way that would make a biotech firm jealous. You add that to what has been happening in the past year, and even the past three months in the first quarter of 2021. Absolutely. And we can talk about the things that people aren't even considering. So granted, we're going to increase the sales of RVs in 2021 to 515,400 sales which is a 21% increase over the year before. And, you know, that's an obvious that people who are waiting for RVs to be delivered so that they can have a new RV, people who are waiting for service, those are obvious things. But what about all the ancillary benefits? There are opportunities popping up all over the place to capitalize on this phenomenal growth. Societal acceptance of working on the road was already changing as it was. And then now we have the past year under COVID and the movie Nomadland. And it's part of more and more mainstream society to live in an RV. Yeah. 63% of Americans will not return to a brick and mortar office. And so as we allow people to work virtually, it's going to build upon itself like an avalanche. So we, as a group of people who are building RV destinations, we have to realize that our customer is getting younger. They have children. They have different needs than the baby boomers that was the majority of our customers in the past. Right. And they must have high-speed internet. People have to be able to work where they live. So as the kids are going to school virtually, you got to be able to download their homework. You got to be able to allow them to have Zoom calls. And maybe your business requires you to have a Zoom call at the exact same time. Right. And then somebody in the other room is trying to watch a movie that they downloaded all at the exact same time. Your mom and dad's RV park is no longer going to be adequate. The Wi-Fi works occasionally. That's no longer going to be acceptable. Yeah. So the customer is demanding that you have high-speed internet. And I'm not talking about high-speed internet that you pay Verizon for and it's barely moving. <laughs> I'm talking about fiber optics. we got to go to fiber optics. So obviously there's a future in campgrounds. And in our past talk, we talked about the four different styles of RV campgrounds. What are you seeing as the direction of, for lack of a better description, campgrounds or places where you would stay with an RV? That is hitting the nail on the head question right there. The RV industry, when you peel all the layers away, it's real estate. So the laws of real estate that have already applied still apply. And the three main things in real estate are location, 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 period. Okay? Right. So let's use the word destination. Instead of an RV style, let's call it an RV destination. Most people don't realize yet, but they are starting to, that there are four 
distinctly different RV destinations. And let's talk about them in this order. There are RV campgrounds. Campgrounds have been around for 100 years. Airstream celebrated 100 years in business in 2019. Campgrounds are a place for you to camp overnight while you enjoy Disney World nearby or the Grand Canyon or Mount Rushmore, the National Park. You went to the campground so that you had a place to stay other than a hotel, but your enjoyment, your daytime is being spent someplace else. Right. Right. It's just a place to park and sleep in your RV, essentially. Or camp overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Campgrounds are awesome. If you can find a location that is ideal for a campground, that is awesome. Do that. But the challenge here is all of the ground around Disneyland within a long distance is so expensive. You can't get it. And if you did get it, it wouldn't be zoned correctly to allow you to build a campground on. So all of the ground around the Grand Canyon, you know, the Grand Canyon has been there a while. Yeah. So nobody's buying campgrounds around that national park. But if you can anticipate where the next national park is going to be, now you're on top of something. Okay. So campgrounds are going to be around for a long time. That is a destination that people are going to continue to go to for a while. Mm -hmm. But about 20 years ago, people started realizing that they're spending a lot of money on these campers, these RVs, these motor coaches, and they want to use them more than just two weeks out of the year. And they can't afford to travel halfway across the country, or they just don't have the time to go halfway across the country and enjoy the Grand Canyon or Disney World. They want to go someplace closer. 75% of the people who use their RV travel less than 100 miles from their home. So what evolved was that we have to have resorts, a destination for people to want to come to. It's not necessarily right at the exit of a major highway. It's not necessarily near a national forest or national park. It's not necessarily near Disneyland. So now these people have to have a reason to come here. You've got to provide a lot of amenities. You've got to entertain them and give them a reason to come to you. Right. Resorts are going to be around a long time. Resorts are a great destination, but they're a little bit more expensive to build, not because the ground, usually you can get the ground, usually you can get it permitted the way you want, but you're going to have to add some reason for why people are there. Build a bunch of dinosaurs or something. (laughs) There's got to be a reason why people are coming to you. Yeah. That's a resort. Now, about that same time, people are starting to live in their RVs longer and longer and longer. I'm in South Alabama. We have people coming down for six months out of the year from up north. And what they're looking for is a community-type environment. They want to be near a service station. They want to be near where they can get some groceries. They want to be near a Walmart. But they want to be safe. They want to be in a safe community environment. And then that is growing because... People are living in their RVs longer and working in their RVs. So they've got to have high-speed internet. They've got to have asphalt roads. They've got to have concrete pads. 
they want to make it like home. They need yeah. larger sites. Campgrounds don't need to be very large sites because they're just there at night. They're going to the Grand Canyon during the day. Mm-hmm. Resorts have to have bigger sites. Communities have to have bigger sites. And they're going to be around for a long time. And I saved the fourth one to last is a park. And whenever you tell someone, I'm building a resort or I'm building an RV community, the first thing they think of is an RV park. And the next thing they think of is a trailer park. Okay. And the next thing they think of is they're driving down a major interstate and near an exit, there's this park that is specifically there to allow the driver who's pulling the RV or, or driving the motor coach an opportunity to pull off the road and rejuvenate, go to the bathroom, get some food, get some sleep. That would be something like RV Self Park in... In Missouri, I yeah, think it is. There's RV Self Park where it's completely unattended. Automated. It's a, yeah, it's an automated, unattended place to just pull off the road and then keep going the next day. Exactly. Pull in at dusk, you're out of there at daylight, you don't need a pool, you don't need a playground, you don't need anything like that. You're just there to rejuvenate the driver. So think about this. You're traveling from Texas to Disney World, which is you're going to a campground near Disney World, and it's going to take you 18 hours of driving. Well, you can't do that all in one shot. So put in the center of that 18 hours of driving, you purposely put in there a 10-hour rest period and you find a park halfway in between and the driver rejuvenates okay so now you went nine hours of driving 10 hours of rejuvenating another nine hours of driving and you show up and guess what the driver is spent yeah the driver is not ready to go out and enjoy disney world all right the driver's not in a good mood no but the kids are bouncing off the walls (laughs) wanting to go in they're ready to go let's go let's go (laughs) the kids have been trapped in the truck for 18 hours the kids are bouncing off the wall this is not a good scenario okay so we are all aware of the self-driving vehicles the autonomous vehicles we are all aware we have semis running up and down the road right now that don't have a driver in them. We're all aware that Lexus has built autonomous vehicles. We all know that this is coming, okay? If not here today, it's it's going to be here tomorrow. If you have a modern, especially a high-end vehicle, most, if not all, of the infrastructure is already in that vehicle, and they're just testing it out. And the one thing that has not been added is basically someone flipping the switch saying, okay, all you systems work together. Because, you know, you buy a, a Lexus or Mercedes or whatever, and it has lane keep, it's got adaptive cruise control, on and on and on. The technology is already in that car. Exactly. Self-parking, you know, you get these vehicles that can park themselves, that's autonomous driving it's just a very very short trip exactly the technology is here and who better to put that in than a class a motor coach it's already costing five hundred thousand dollars add another ten thousand dollars to flip that switch that's a no-brainer okay yeah so now you've got these motor coaches driving down the road and the driver programs it, take me to Disneyland. They get in the back. They play cards with the kids. They play battleship with the kids. They eat out of the microwave and they sleep and they wake up not 18 plus 10, 28 hours later. They wake up 18 
18 hours later, refreshed, fed, gone to the bathroom, and they're bouncing off the walls with the kid. <laughs> now we're talking about a happy family. That's not tomorrow. That is today's technology. If you're investing a few million dollars to upgrade your RV destination or build a new one from scratch, it seems pretty obvious to me that you're going to want that to be profitable five years, 10 years, maybe even 20 years from now. You want to be able to exceed that customer's expectations 10, 15, 20 years from now, not just today. So the things you have to be thinking about are totally electric vehicles. How are you going to charge a 58,000-pound Class A motor coach? You're going to have to have a good system for that. Instead of daisy-chaining all of your pedestals together, you're going to have to have home runs to each pedestal so that you can handle 100 amp service. Yeah. I see a lot of noise on the forum of people wanting to tow electric vehicles, and they're like, oh, I'm going to charge it when I get to the campground. Yeah, probably not. It's not designed for that. Some of them you can charge in a 30 amp. Some of them you can charge even on 110. It just takes a lot longer. But the person who's designing and developing these RV destinations has got to understand that those are here. And you've got to be monitoring your electricity use. There are people that are driving around and they'll say, I want to rent a site for four hours. And you're like, wait a second, I don't rent <laughs> sites for four hours overnight. And they go, fine, what's your overnight fee? And they go, I don't know, $35. And they go, fine, I'll rent it for overnight. And they come in, they bring their snack that they went by McDonald's, they got a bag, they come in, they plug into your pedestal with their Lexus. And four hours later, they've enjoyed their meal and enjoyed your campground and are gone. They gave you $35 and they took $100 worth of electricity. <laughs> you paid them $65 to enjoy your place. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good situation. Okay, so that was a slight exaggeration. Alexis of course, right. $100 to charge. And I, I admit that. So don't call into the podcast. <laughs> but this guy's an idiot. But what if they're driving a Class A motor coach? What if they're charging a 58,000-pound vehicle and they want to plug into your pedestal. These vehicles are on the drawing board. They're going to be coming out really quick. And if you're not building your destination today to satisfy tomorrow's vehicle, then I'm not your guy. Okay. Yeah. That's what I do for a living. Well, I mean, just look at what has been, not even what will be announced, but what has been announced. Ford has said we are coming out with an electric pickup and GM has the Hummer electric pickup. And both of those, the size of the batteries are huge because they're designed for a lot of power and to be able to pull big trailers and that sort of stuff. And so you can go look at the specs of those things today. Elon Musk came out two weeks ago and said, he had the electrical power to charge an RV. He has the design to move a Class A motor coach, fully electric. Which wouldn't be a big stretch from the semi. No. It's probably not a big difference in what he's doing to, to motivate those two things. Exactly. So these are the types of things that we have to be 
anticipating and recognizing if you're designing or upgrading your RV destination today, you have got no choice. You've got to monitor electricity. But I also, some people might argue with me, but you need to be monitoring your water at the same time. And I'm not talking about having some meter that you have to go out while it's raining and write down what these numbers are. You've got to be thinking about how are you going to monitor this real time, automatically, part of the software. So at Homestead RV Community, I am able to monitor both electric and water at every site and every building. Because as soon as you start charging people for electricity, they go over and they plug into your building. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, people are innovative with the ways they can try to cheat. Exactly. Or they're they're running an extension cord in the middle of the night over to their neighbor's pedestal. Wow. I've seen that. It happens. Okay. So you've got, and if you have all your pedestals on a daisy chain and you flip one breaker and you shut down six sites, that's not going to work. Okay. You've got to have home runs and you've got to be able to shut off those pedestals that are not currently in use because the guy next door is going to run his extension cord over there at midnight until 5 a.m. So things like that, you have to be thinking about the vehicle of the future, and we haven't even started talking about the next generation. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Things like shopping centers and big box stores and other large uses of commercial real estate are declining, right? I mean, who really wants to build a big Best Buy? So all of a sudden, these large plots of land right in the heart of cities and population centers are likely to become available. One of the advantages of using a large plot of land that is more centrally located in the interior of the city is it solves the biggest problem with developing an RV destination. And that, drumroll please, the barrier to entry for RV destinations is the sewer. You've got to handle the sewer problem. So there are three different solutions. You can either have public water and public sewer. Fantastic. Unfortunately, public water and public sewer very seldom makes it out to the country Mm -hmm. because it's not cost effective if the houses are too far apart. Right. Unfortunately, for the RV destination, it's hard to get a permit to build an RV destination in the city limits. Therefore, you have a conflict. You're looking for some place that you can build what you want to build legally, but has public water and public sewer. That's not easy to find. Once you find that, you've solved your biggest problem. So RV campground or park campgrounds, let's call it a campground in the past. Maybe you're out next to a lake. Maybe you're out in the country someplace literally camping. And there's no way you're going to have public water and public sewer out there. So they go to septic systems. And that's okay. But they come with their own headaches. They have to be cleaned out once in a while. And you can't put a permanent structure on top of the pervilous lines. Right. So now you've got a septic system, maybe depending on the permitting for your county, maybe you can have six RV sites on each septic tank. And then you have to have a big open field, six sites, open field, six sites, another open field. 
but you can only have so many dog parks in your kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, you're like, I got to do something else besides bocce ball. Okay? <laughs> Oftentimes, they're near a river or near a lake or something like that. The third solution is to design and build your own sewer system. Unfortunately, I have been involved in one of those, and I don't think I'll ever live long enough to be involved in another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a big undertaking. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you never want to be a utility of any sort. You never want to be a utility. Do you see people repurposing shopping and other large retail as RV communities and RV related businesses obviously people are ordering more and more online just ask the owner of amazon people are getting their groceries online so yes that is the way of the future is to have fewer where you go out face-to-face type shopping and i do feasibility analysis people contact me and they say we just put in an offer to purchase this land we have 60 days to do our due diligence, and we need a feasibility analysis. I come out and evaluate the location because it's all about location. I identify the destination that is appropriate to maximize your profit. The location determines the destination type. The destination type determines the customer. The customer determines the amenities that you're going to have. The amenities determines how much your development cost is going to be. I compare that with the market, what is the market doing around you? I do a competitive analysis and figure out what the market is. From there, I identify what your construction costs are going to be, how long it's going to take to construct, when you're going to experience a return on your investment, how much your operating costs are going to be, and I provide you a 10-year cash flow. I even go with you to your investor meetings as all part of the cost. And I present for you because invariably they're going to be asked, where did you get those numbers? How do you know you can do that? And I know what we can do because I just opened Homestead RV Community. I just did this for myself. I know exactly what it's going to cost. I know exactly how long it's going to take in lower Alabama. I have to do more research in other parts of the country, but it's simply an algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much opportunity in this field and so much growth potential, I think people should contact you, Ed, and study whether the land use is going to work for them because I can see more and more city-centered RV destinations and things like that. And I think it's, uh, my gosh, they estimate, what, 9.4 million additional RV households in the next few years. And so... The growth is there. The proof is there. And so I think they would do well to contact you and and learn more. Thank you. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I can't understate what an opportunity the RV industry is in so many ways. I am in constant communication with RV dealerships, some of which have turned part of their parking lot into RV spaces. Yes. Because RV owner will come in and sometimes they have to travel hundreds of miles to find an RV because RV dealerships are sold out or they're sold out of exactly the style that they wanted. So they travel a couple hundred miles, they buy this RV, and the very first thing they want to do is set it up. 
make sure that all the slide outs work and they want to test it yep. and they want to stay in it overnight. I am good friends with several RV dealership owners who are telling me that they have to send people over 200 miles away to find one place where they can stay for one night. Wow. It makes perfect sense to be able to spend your first night or two right at the RV dealership where the service tech is and your salesperson and all of that. And maybe you'll get a dealer right next to Disney World so that you can make make a whole vacation out of it. (laughs) But the point is RV destinations are full. In 2021, we're seeing a 21% growth in new RV sales, but we're only seeing a growth of 52,000 new sites. I did not say destinations. America is only building 52,000 sites in 2021. That's an increase of 0.178. Holy cow. The demand for an RV site is going up 21%, while the growth of RV sites is going up less than 1%. That's nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So simple economics, the supply and demand, there is a huge demand for sites right now. That demand is growing exponentially, and there is a shortage of the supply of sites. Yeah. Now's the time if you have a piece of dirt to call Ed and have him work out a plan to turn it into some sort of an RV destination. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe you don't have 20 acres. Maybe you only have two acres. What can I do to capitalize on the RV boom with a smaller plot of land? That's something I've advocated for people who have destinations already. So let's say you have a museum or, uh, you know, whatever it happens to be. Chances are you have good parking and chances are you have commercial water and and sewer and all of that, wouldn't it be great to put two or five RV spots there? And so you are the destination and the campground. There are people who are working with hotels, and they're saying, you've got this large parking lot. Let's put half a dozen RVs out there. You've already got a manager on duty 24 hours a day, kind of keep an eye on things. And all we need to do is throw up some pedestals on your concrete pad. So there are people that are considering non-traditional RV destinations and counties, cities need to update their permitting and their laws if they want to allow stuff like that to happen. The barrier to entry usually at that point is not so much the sewer as can I get permitted yeah. to do what I do. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of cities have this vision of RV parks as slums, and they're just not. And it's a changing reality as well. That ties back into what we said is that when you tell people you're building an RV community, they hear RV park and then they think trailer park. Yep. And their worst nightmares start conjuring up. But we need to educate the public that RV owners are spending over $100,000 average for these RVs and uh, they're getting younger. That's the future. Absolutely. Well, Ed, thank you again for your time. We will definitely have you back. And of course, we hope to keep in touch 
just in general. And we look forward to the next time we have you here. Thank you. We love being part of the largest club of RVers with events, rallies, tours, resources, and more. And you can be too. That's the FMCA, and it's not just for motorhomes anymore. Now any RVer can join the FMCA and enjoy their fantastic benefits. Yeah, like chapters where people of common interest gather and go on outings and adventures together. It's a great way to meet other RVers who share your interest or location. But there are other great resources too, like a beautiful magazine, forums, videos, tutorials, and so much more. And don't forget the incredible programs like Medical Assist, where the FMCA is there for you in the event of a medical emergency on the road. Yes, and we signed up for the FMCA's Roadside Assistance, which specializes in RVs and offers towing to the nearest qualified repair facility, no matter how many miles away it is. It's a great optional program that's been part of the FMCA for years. Plus, of course, we've got a good deal for you. New members can save $10 on an FMCA membership. We've got the details and more information on this terrific organization on our discounts and deals page at StresslessCamping.com. Join us and other RV enthusiasts at an upcoming rally or gathering and save money in the process. Now Now that's Stressless stressless camping. Camping. Well, 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 what did you think of that? Well, you can't answer. Well, you can in like all of our social places. Go tell us what you thought of that. Go tell us what you thought of it. Oh boy. Yeah, sorry. That's two singings in one episode. It is, and I'm no singer. Why don't we stick with what you're good at and tell us about this week's gadget. Oh, I'll tell you about a really nifty gadget for some people. As you also may know, I'm writing RV gadget articles here and there, including on RV travel and on stressless camping and, and all of that. And I'm getting more and more stuff sent to me to try out. And this week, I got something from a company called Air Skirts. And Air Skirts is a cool thing where this gentleman, Jim Phelan, had a problem. He camps in the winter in his Airstream. A lot of people put skirts around so the air doesn't blow underneath the RV. Well, Jim had an idea of why not just make inflatable, like, pillows that you use under your RV to keep the air from blowing. And it works for any RV, really, but it just happens he has an Airstream. As part of that, I guess he camps where it's bloody cold, and he developed an insert for the skylights in RVs that is also inflatable, and he sent me one. Hey, dude, try this out. Well, it's slick. I mean, so it's an inflatable thing that you put up in the skylight, and it blocks the airflow, and air is actually a pretty decent insulating. Rather than the moving air coming through the vent, (laughs) the actually air inside the pillow that air buffer between yeah and it kind of seals off your skylight and makes additional insulation up in the roof there and so i got one of these it's called an air light insert and gosh he really does a super job of making these things you know i'm thinking like an inflatable pool toy type of thing Right. right no you'll see pictures of it but it's just really well made so if this is something because I've seen people shove pillows and stuff up right, there. Right, and I've seen people that use like a piece of memory foam or something, but the extra disadvantage to that is that it also blocks all the light. Well, yeah, and also when you're not using it, you have this big old chunk of whatever to that deal you have with. To store, right. The air light is inflatable. And clear, deflatable. Clear colorless plastic. 
it folds up really small when you're not using it and it allows light when you are using it. Yeah. So it's pretty, and gosh, I can't tell you how well made this thing is. Like the valves and just the material, and it's really well thought through and very high quality. So I was impressed with that. The downside is I had to remove the handle from our skylight to get it to work. So, mm. but that's, you know, that's a screwdrivery job. It's, it's not difficult, but it's just a thing. And this was a pre-production model. So you said it may or may not fit perfectly. Well, ours, it fit perfectly. Except for the handle thing. Right. And I emailed him and I'm like, hey, uh, handle. Excellent. Hey, you know where we should take our air light? Maybe, I don't know, North Carolina? We want the sun to come in when we're there. Yeah, that's true. So let's talk to Marcia from the Riverwalk in North Carolina. Okay. We are speaking to Marcia Nice, the owner, along with her husband, Jim, of Riverwalk RV Park, which is located on the Yadkin River in Jonesville, North Carolina. Marcia, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. It is a pleasure to have you. I was looking at aerial views of your campground before we got online and looks pretty terrific. Oh, thanks. We try. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't go to Google and try to see it because, you know, Google changes their images about every five to seven years and it still looks like a forest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, it looked like all of your sites are pull through sites. Most all of them are the front row, back row, with the exception of one on our second row. Everything else is pull through. My husband and I are RVers, and so when we created our park, he's the visionary. I've got the ops, sales, and management and service background, and he actually was a professional athlete, but also uh, we have a small grading business. So when he created everything, it took him about two years, and he made sure that he pulled our camper into every site. Uh, I think he goes out (laughs) at night and levels them while I'm sleeping because everybody talks about how level they are. (laughs) But that was strategic because there's so many people, especially new campers, as we all know nowadays, and pull through, keep the marriages together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How long have you had the park? We opened June 10th of last year. We purchased the property two years prior to that when we did everything ourselves, except we subbed out some of the electric and some of the plumbing for our bathhouse. Mm -hmm. I held down a corporate career and the hubby took two years and just kind of did things slowly. And as I said, with campers in mind to build what we call our dream. And we love sharing with others. There are a lot of campgrounds who you have to call them and make a reservation. Mm Mm-hmm. There's even one around here that we keep making fun of because such a beautiful campground, but you have to mail them a check. And I'm like, what do I have to get a time machine a to go get checks? Yeah, right? right? <laughs> a check. We're, we're credit card only in our park. We don't even take cash, as silly as that sounds. That's how far advanced we are. <laughs> we run a tab, just like a hotel. Right. Exactly. I don't understand the thinking of having to speak to somebody. <laughs> Those of us that are more advanced use online check-in, I would say out of an average of 2,000 and some reservations last year, just from June to December, only about 420 of them were booked by us. Oh. Yeah. So our camp hosts are handling calls and customer service, but they're able to talk to the guests when they come into the office or the camp store. They're able to go out and deliver firewood. So you have your digital check-in? Yep. Online check-in. So two days prior, the system sends out an email with the terms and conditions and they can sign it digitally. It's very rare that someone's not able to. 
And if they can't, then we'll have them stop by the office and we'll have them sign. But it's, again, very rare. Believe it or not, of all the RVing we've done, I have never experienced that. But we have the good fortune of talking to people like you who have it. Right. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) When I think of your state, I think of barbecue. (laughs) And I realize that that's different barbecue than Texas barbecue or Georgia. Or Missouri. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody has their own barbecue. That's right. Ours is a vinegar base. Yeah. And there's not much of that available around here. I would imagine near you is a great place to get some barbecue. I have food trucks every single Saturday oh. in our park. Food, dessert, and alcohol truck every Saturday. And then we do uh, events. I wow. do cornhole tournaments and bingo. And we have 80s glam rock coming up, a karaoke contest. But we actually have barbecue food trucks that come to the park. And we have taco trucks. <laughs> we nice. have all kinds of different trucks and dessert trucks. So the guests will typically come in and grill on Friday, eat the trucks on Saturday, and then go home Sunday. Yeah. So. <laughs> Probably the majority of your guests right now are weekenders. Yep. For 51 sites. Since you have just two or three day people at a time, they maybe aren't looking to go outside of the campground very much. So they have plenty of things to keep them busy there at camp. It's interesting that you say that because when someone visits for the first time, while they're in the park, we see two to three more reservations come through. Uh There is so much to do. So we are in Jonesville. We're within 20 minutes of the Adkin Valley and there's 20 plus wineries near us. We're across the river from Elkin, which is a quaint little town. It's a walk through town. We're 20 minutes from hiking, waterfalls 10 minutes away. And then the welcome packets that I give out, all the local businesses provide me information from their companies. And so when they come in, they see the welcome packet. And every Sunday, I send out an email to the guests that are arriving that week with things to do in the area. So what happens is they get there because they're coming possibly to come to one of the events. And then they realize they need to come back because there's more things in the area (laughs) that they want to do. Exactly. That's a good, yeah, that's (laughs) terrific. Going back to our experience when we owned a resort, that's similar to what we did. We always provided them with the events and activities Mm -hmm. and stuff to see and do. Too many things to do. Yeah, that's the idea. (laughs) But another thing, I got to ouch you guys. Looking around, I saw all these great things and all of a sudden I realized, you are within half an hour of Mount Airy where Andy Griffith mm-hmm. grew up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you do know a little about yourself, don't you? <laughs> yeah, we even have Mayberry Days. They have different things going on every single day. Nice. Yeah, in Mount Airy and Mayberry. Everybody loves it that comes to the area, especially if they're familiar with that era. Right. Yeah, that show was terrific. <laughs> what are some things that visitors seem to miss that they really shouldn't miss that they should see when they come visit you. Two that stand out is we are partnered with a local kayaking and tubing outfitter called Jonesville Kayak and Tubing, and they actually will pick our guests up from their site, shuttle them to a drop-off point, and then three or four hours later, pick them up at the pickup point and bring them back to their site. That's awesome. It's neat because, you know, people like to have their drinks when they're going down the river and they have absolutely <laughs> nothing to worry about. Yeah, that what? sounds great. I have no idea what she's <laughs> right. talking about. <laughs> and then the other one is very similar in the sense they like to have their drinks, I should say. It's called the Elk and Vine Line and calling in advance is the only way to really get set up. That's why people come back for these. They'll come to the park. They pick you up. 
and they're genius. They've created an app with five different routes on it, five wineries and breweries they take you to, and you watch the app to see where they're at and where they're taking you and where they're picking you up next while you're getting shuttled around to the different wineries and breweries in a day. That That's is brilliant. Awesome. They have the ultimate wine hopping experience, and then they drive you back to the park as well. That's very cool. I have to come for that alone. So I like the <laughs> fact that you said wineries and breweries. Breweries, uh, yes. Uh, with a Z. With, I mean, an S. <laughs> so Tony and I might go ops hopping instead of wine hopping. <laughs> yes. We have the Angry Troll. We partner with them on a lot of things. They have the best best food but they're known for their craft beer ah. and they even have a barcade so downstairs kids are welcome until 8 30 and they've oh. got the, the ski ball and the pool you know just the old-fashioned fun games where families can have fun together beer food and an arcade and tony's barbecue. moving in <laughs> and barbecue don't forget that do you need a camp host <laughs> he'll have to pick a day to have the barbecue truck that's right oh, yeah. so he doesn't have to go too far. and then the other one is skull camp they're right there in town as well and most of their food is smoked. And I've yeah. heard that their beers are amazing too. Well, here we come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, I think that you got quiet because I feel like you're in my reservation system right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just dreaming. It's just looking at the calendar like, how can we right? get there? <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, once you're done having all your craft beer, we do have a man-made beach with white sand in our park. Oh. So you can then come back and get in your float and float around the beach area that we have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that <laughs> sounds beer. awesome. <laughs> yeah, great. Peggy's going to be thrilled. I'll never get rid of him, will we, nope. Peggy? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I'll mow lawns or something like that. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Hey, everybody comes back, I promise. Oh, yeah. it sounds, I mean, it sounds like you're just doing a super job there. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> So with so many new campers out there, what's the one thing you wish campers knew before they got there? You know, we were all brand new campers at once, so we definitely don't judge. We get it. The main thing as a park owner that I would say that I did not realize as a camper is just read the rules. We don't write them just to sit around and make stuff up, I promise. Yes. <laughs> There's a reason behind them. And not only read them, but adhere to them. The way that we look at it is, you know, it's our home and you're coming to visit our home. And all we ask is that you, you know, follow the rules in our home. And I think that would be the biggest thing with those that are newer to camp. And well, even those that have been there, <laughs> same thing, just follow the rules. Yeah, the rules still apply even if you've been camping all your life. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So when is the best time of the year to come there? There really isn't a bad time. In the summer, it gets hot. We have the humidity we're known for in the south, and that's why we have a large beach area for cooling off where you can go hiking in the mountains where it's a little cooler within 30 minutes away. All the way into the fall when the leaves start changing, I think that's probably one of my favorite times of the year mm -hmm. as far as camping in North Carolina is seeing the leaves change. It's a quick change, <laughs> but also a wonderful time. Like I I said we were booked all the way through New Year's of last year and January, February even, you know, had people in the park. Yeah. So I think it just depends on what your ideal camping temperature is and what you enjoy doing. But for me, it's year round. Yeah. yeah. What you're getting away from because we might think
think it's chilly in January and February, but Mm -hmm. coming from Canada, you're like, woohoo, shorts weather. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) So it's all perspective. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to go open my date book and figure out when we're coming. (laughs) Get on RV Trip Wizard and plan a trip. Stay a little lengthier trip so Tony can get all of his breweries in. That's right. (laughs) And don't forget Mount Airy. (laughs) And Mount Airy. That's right. (laughs) At least we have the advantage of being able to come during the week. So that'll give us a 50% more chance to get in. (laughs) Not only that, you get 20% off. Our weekday special is Sundays, checking out Friday, two nights or more, you get 20% off. Super. Super. And the park's kind of quiet. So you get a little bit of quiet time too. Sounds good. Get it to yourself somewhat. Right. (laughs) Not bad. No food trucks, but that's okay. I'll find restaurants and breweries. (laughs) I was going to say, you got to do weekday and throw at least a weekend on the end. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But you have to do it quick since we're booking up. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, everybody. Marcia, thank you again so much for joining us and telling us about this. And I can't wait for us to get into that part of the country. It's somewhere we haven't been yet. So we're adding to our list as we go. Absolutely. I love it. Yes. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time and for having such a great place to take care of our viewers. Oh, of course. And thank you guys for having me on. I've enjoyed it. It's been fun. Oh, our pleasure. Have a great day. You too. I'm telling you, every time we talk to one of these campgrounds, I grab a calendar and look for when I can go to that place. Yeah, it's and (laughs) and maybe that's you too. And if you own a campground and you would like to be featured on the Stressless Camping Podcast, we would love to have you. Tell us about your area, as as Marcia did. We're looking for campgrounds and we have a few scheduled and so that's a a new feature on the podcast. I I hope you like it. I love hearing about new places that we haven't been to or places even that we have been to that, you know, we can relate or we can kind of imagine these places because we've seen them or been near them. Yeah. And then places that we just have not been anywhere near like North Carolina. Yeah. Well, us together. I have been there once. Oh, yeah. Let us know also what you think of this segment. Please. I'm kind of digging in, but that's just me. I'm not a listener. I'm a blabber. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Lastly, our question of the week. Question of the week. Last week, we asked you how... The passenger in your vehicle passes the time. As always, you can weigh in on the Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group. And it's a pretty fun, friendly group of folks. Not a huge group of folks yet. And that's that's probably a good thing. So I know that my nephew used to read when he was a passenger. There is no hope in heck of me looking down for any length of time when I'm a passenger in a vehicle. Yeah, that would make her turn as green as the grass in spring, I cannot do it. But we had a couple people that said they read. We had a lot of navigators, which kind of seems to be the most logical response. Entertainment procurement officer is what Pat said. Yeah, I like that title, <laughs> entertainment procurement officer. So I think officer. that's uh, finding the next song to play, unlike Tony who... Wait, what song? I know. Tony sets up for 16 hours of podcasts on every eight-hour day that we're well, traveling. I know, I know that we've, <laughs> we're going to be driving. And I know that, okay, I can look and go, okay, we're going to be driving for about eight hours to, or whatever the number happens to be. And you just line up the podcasts for right. that. And So it's, that takes you know, away my job of being a procurement officer because yeah. he already does that procurement ahead of time. I'm a nerd and <laughs> I like listening to podcasts on the road. But I do tend to look for places that we're going to stay and things like that. Cynthia said she travels alone, so she listens to audiobooks. 
while she drives. Listen to podcasts. <laughs> Cynthia, you might want to start listening to podcasts too. No, just don't, just don't tell us. I don't. I, obviously, I mean, you everybody must listen sometime because you know about that. <laughs> you know about our group, so. Thank you for listening, whether it's when you're driving or not. Audiobooks are good because they really, they keep you waiting for the next thing to happen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I like audiobooks. Those are good. I used to have friends, or I have friends who had a company called Listen and Live, and they recorded audiobooks for a living. That was kind of cool. I want to do that. I think that well, would be really cool. We have all the equipment. <laughs> I know. I just need someone to pay me to do it. Oh, well, I'll just start reading books and then just sending them out. (laughs) There's Peggy reading the wonky donkey. (laughs) So Marilyn admitted to listening to the Stressless Camping Podcast. Thank you, Marilyn. And among other people, my sister Kathy said she sleeps. That's what you used to do. I only do that when the podcasts are boring. (laughs) Boring to me. Like when he listens to tech things yeah and i don't understand them so i la, la, lose, la, lose la interest <laughs> <laughs> but you're right i don't sleep as much as i used to i used to sleep in the car a lot yes and then we have a new question this we week do, and this one's kind of an important one yeah so i want your answers but i also want you to read everybody's answer and take it into consideration for yourself it's a little life-saving-y <laughs> yeah a little so we've talked to Todd Mullane in the past, and he talked about your bob, your bug out bucket. Yes. It might be time to update your bug out bucket. You know, maybe your license expired and you have a photocopy of your new one, or maybe the water got stale that you have stored in there, or the MREs from World War II might need (laughs) updating. (laughs) Comes with a candy spam. Maybe you need to check and see if all your prescriptions are listed. Yeah. Those kind of things. It's This is a good time to check out that bucket or bag. We've talked about it being a bucket so that you also have a vessel to carry liquids, you know, carry water in or or whatever you may need a bucket for in an emergency. So please tell us, what you are doing to update your B.O.B. Your Bob. Your Bob. Shoo, man. There's some good stuff again this week. And once again, I really hope you got some value out of it. We do, indeed. Speaking of value, did you know that we do a once a week newsletter and it's completely, absolutely, totally, and positively free? Free. I ran out of breath. (laughs) (laughs) Every week we try to include links to things that we found on the internet about RVing and things that we provided. This week there's an extra long list of references from around the internet. I found a bunch of stuff so if you want to sign up just go to our website and, and sign up there and it's free and of course we'd never share your information with no, anybody not at all for any reason so if you're looking for a great resource for new RVers or rv events or deals or whatever check out the homepage of stresslesscamping.com we put together lots of resources including tips for new RVers, recipes vintage rv stories and so much more much much more and we're in all the social places so once you get to stresslesscamping.com you can jump off to facebook and instagram and twitter pinterest yeah all those all them are places 
And don't forget our discounts and deals for the best deals on the things you'll need for your stressless camping adventure. And if you've got a great deal to share with our audience, let us know. If you don't want to miss any future episodes of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it's free! Free to subscribe on any podcast app. We're saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. And did you know a review on Apple Podcasts will tell others about this podcast and the more listeners we get, the more great, super awesome guests we get. Yep, isn't that cool? Thank you again for bringing us with you on your journey. And of course, happy happy camping. We hope you learned a lot, had some fun, and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping. Listen to podcasts. <laughs>